0: Inaugural Dayton Women in the Word podcast. My name is Natalie Herr and I'm here with Jillian Vincent. We are going to be your hosts on this first season of the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Want to say hi, Jill? Hey, guys. <laughs> we are very new at this, so um, enjoy all of the the bumps in the road as we figure things out for the first time. If you're new to Dayton Women in the Word, um, Dayton Women in the Word is a women's ministry, and our mission is to equip and encourage women with the Word of God. And we started out just as a group of women doing a little Bible study together, and God has grown it into uh, a lot of different things, Um, citywide gatherings, um, more studies, social media. What else are we doing, Jill? Jill? I don't know, blog. All kinds of things, yeah. Lots of stuff. So this is just another new thing that the Lord is doing, and we're really excited about it. So we are not promising any kind of normal weekly podcast, but we're going to do it in seasons, and um, this is our first one. So Jill, you want to tell us a little bit about what we're going to be doing in this season? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I need to welcome you to my dining room table. It seems like this is where
1: God does uh, ministry these days for me and my life. And it just makes sense that the discipleship should just start here through this podcast. So
0: it's
1: pretty awesome. Uh, So why we wanted to do this is we really wanted to give you and ourselves the opportunity to peek into other women's walks with God, specifically through how they study His Word. And uh, that looks very different from woman to woman, but it's it's very glorifying to the Lord in the ways in which He meets them in their specific seasons of their lives. So we wanted to explore that a little bit more um, to give you an opportunity to see in different seasons uh, how that aspect of following God looks like, how it could look like, and to encourage you in whatever season you are at, uh, that the Lord wants to meet with you, to commune with you, um, at your dining room table too. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to be talking with different women around Dayton, um, exploring those things. One of the things we're going to ask them is what they do in dry seasons um, to help some of us who are maybe struggling a little bit uh, with that right now, and just asking them what God is currently doing uh, through their walk with Him and His Word right now.
0: Yeah. Um, So what we wanted to do is start with us um, so that you get to know us a little better, especially if you... Haven't been around our uh, ministry in person. We want to give a little more background about ourselves and then kind of be the guinea pigs for, for what we're going to ask our guests to do later on this season. Um, so, Jill, do you want to start out telling us a little bit about yourself and your family and yeah. your history with Dayton? Sure. I would love to tell you all those
1: things. So a little bit about me is that I've been in Dayton for about six years, which coincides with the number of years I've been married to my husband, Tim. And now we have a little son. He was a year and a half old. His name is Titus Jude. And uh, we have another son on the way, To be due in October, so coming up here around the corner, and his name is Matthias. And so life looks a little different now than what it did uh, in Dayton six years ago. Um, I studied to be a mental health counselor here and um, started off in that field, and then when I uh, started having kiddos, felt like God was calling me to stay home with them. So that's what I do right now. So you'll kind of see that reflected a little bit as we talk about our journeys with the Word of God, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. My season is kind of similar right now as well. Um, I am a mom of three. I have a six-year-old whose name is Elliot. He's heading to school for the first time this year. He's a Aww. first grader. Um, I have a four-year-old named Lucy and a two-year-old named Gloria, and I stay home with them. Um, my husband's name is Nick. We are an Air Force family. Um, so we actually came to Dayton for the first time in 2008 and lived here for a short time while he got his master's degree. Then we headed out to another station and came back here, uh, three years ago. So our total time in Dayton is around four and a half, five years, but, um, sort of split up a little bit and in different seasons of life, um, certainly. So uh, I have learned to appreciate the city and love the city so much. And a lot of that has to do with, um, the church, with, um, the word of God and with what God has done through it in my life while I've lived here. So I, I love the women of Dayton, um, so much and just have a passion for, um, Loving them with the word of God and, and the many forms that that takes. Um, Jill, do you want to tell me a little bit about what your daily um, routine looks like being in the word? I know we spend lots of time together, but this is kind of a, a part of life that we don't really see what the other person no, does. Oh, <laughs> we don't see that. So how this looks right now
1: for me is totally dependent on sort of my son's schedule Uh, there have been times when I've really aspired to waking up before my son wakes up so that I can have some time with the Lord, have some time with my husband, um, and just kind of get myself collected. Like, I think we all have this idea, like, okay, I'm going to work out. I'm going to get a shower. I'm going to do my hair and I'm going to spend time with Jesus and I'm going to do a crossword puzzle with my husband before he goes to work. Um, but that's in reality, not how it really looks in day to day life. So sometimes I get the opportunity to, um, meet with the Lord before my son Titus wakes up, but it's often different day to day. So if we wake up around the same time, then I usually either read the word while my son is awake or during nap time. And which tends to be around one or two in the afternoon. And uh, it's just worked out different seasons. I feel like the Lord has kind of taught me in one way that it's okay if it's interrupted because it's still time with me. And it's good for Titus to see you seeking me throughout the day, even if it's not so clear and deep as the times when I get to do it by myself. I usually never do it at night because I'm just kind of shot by the end of the day. And especially now that I'm growing another little human inside (laughs) of me, that's typically true um, every day. So so that's when, um, what it looks like now is I'm actually um, going through, I just started a study today called Seamless. It's by Angie Smith. It's a book that goes through an overview timeline of the whole Bible, and uh, that um, definitely is different than sort of the rhythm I have been in, which I know we're going to talk a little bit more about later, but it kind of follows along a video, and i um, going through it with a gal pal that I've been actively discipling, meeting with her right here at my dining room table for about six months now. This
0: is the spot.
1: This is the spot. <laughs> we were just doing this earlier
0: today. This is the spot. So what does it look like for you now, Natalie? Well, I, I have that same, I think most of us do have some kind of like, uh, aspirations of a quiet time. I don't like that quiet mm-hmm. time phrase. You mm-hmm. probably notice we're not really calling it quiet time as we're <laughs> talking about it, but, That's um, true. it's probably just cause we don't really have quiet no. in our houses right now. Um, so for me, I, I would love, I, I think about this often, like I would love getting up at six and, and spending time in the word and having a big chunk of time to pray. But a lot of times I just get woken up mm-hmm. and, and I don't wake up on my own terms most days. Mm-hmm. Um, And I definitely do have to fight that morning time laziness. So, um, God definitely convicted me at some point in the mothering journey that, um, I can read anytime I want to. There's nothing about the children that is stopping me from reading. You know, if I am nursing a baby, I can read it on my phone. You know, I can hold it with one hand, even though it's hard to hold. I can sit on my couch and open the word of God and I can read it while my kids are doing something else. Um, I can show them that that's a priority just by opening it up during the day when they're there to see it. So a lot of times that's what it looks like. We come downstairs, I make breakfast. Um, usually first we listen to the briefing while, (laughs) while we're making breakfast. That's a podcast by Al Mohler, if you haven't heard it before, but, um, yeah. So then usually my husband's at, at the, um, dining room table reading his Bible and, um, And then if I don't get a chance to read at the table, usually I'll sit down on the couch and read. And a lot of times my kids will come up and ask me to read it out loud to them. And usually I do, and they stick around for a chapter or two and then go do their own stuff. Um, And I find that the days where I do that earlier in the day, I end up coming back um, in the afternoon, you know, when I have more time, uh, quiet time. To read, I'll come back. Especially if I'm teaching, I use the afternoon as um, study time to really get deeper in. And then I do, I do read at night um, when I can stay awake to read. I do, um, and I, at night I, I like to usually read more um, straight through and just underlining things um, that I find important and reading. Um, not as much for detail, but for a bigger picture um, as people might have read it um, back before we had chapter numbers and and verses and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say one other thing that I do sometimes is um, Bible journaling. Mm -hmm. So that plays a part too. And usually I get into sort of, I do it for a while and then I they lay it down for a while and then I do it again. And and that is another way that I get to share my Bible with my kids too, because they like to see what I am writing and painting and drawing in my Bible um, and my journaling Bible. So that's something that I, that's another way that I interact with the word that um, just brings me closer to the Lord. So I am really appreciative of that, uh, I guess, new, New thing that's happened in the past couple of years of encouraging women to and men too to to illustrate their faith and get in there with their pencils and mark things up. And so you mean
1: literally illustrate? Notes. Yes. So how do you decide <laughs> what to pick out? Because you guys can't see this, the listeners, but I can tell you. So Natalie has a journaling Bible out, and it sort of has room, extra room in the margins, and she has taken certain things out and puts them on the side. Um, either you know, she's very creative, so she's got fun colors, she's got painting,
0: she's got stickers. Yeah. And We've so got I'm lying in here from our Daniel study.
1: <laughs> I have I have my journaling Bible out to the right, and I am not. Um, gifted in the same way Natalie is. So I'm just curious to ask her, you know, what, what are the things that, that how do you decide what to really invest your time in to Bible journal?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I think for the most part, my process is what is the most important thing on this page? What do I need to pull out? and that's hard a lot of times because some places are really chock full, you know, New Testament it's really especially hard to to just pull one most important thing off of a page, but typically don't even get me started on James. No. You
1: wouldn't be able to, <laughs> you know.
0: Usually I I just uh prayerfully ask God what what do you want me to remember about this? passage, what is important for me to, to store up, to look back on, to remember about, um, this time of life, what you've been teaching me right now. So sort of listen to what God, um, has impressed on me, uh, in the page. So, um, you know, sometimes you've got a little more leeway back in the Old Testament where you have, uh, a little more filling maybe, but all the verses are, are important. It just, um, sort of let the spirit lead with that. So I guess
1: from my new Bible teaching framework, it's really a summary technique. Yeah, absolutely. That Bible journaling, at least, you know, how it looks like for Natalie's life is using that to summarize what is the most
0: important thing she
1: thinks God wants her to take away from her studies at this point. That's well put. I
0: definitely don't take all my notes in here or it would be a giant jumble. Those, you know are reserved for printouts yeah. you know printing the word out on on paper and writing writing on there and then I take what what was most impressive and off the, the notes and bring them into the the Bible and hopefully I just pray that this Bible gets put in the hands of my kids someday you know that' they're, they're going to be able to to read through and and to know the Lord better and to to know my walk with the Lord better just by reading it so I look forward to to that and to someday, Cracking open a new one and yeah. and writing down all the new things I learned. So that's stellar. I think
1: that that's kind of what uh, we were talking about earlier. The phrase "quiet time," you know, my parents used that phrase for years, and I feel like the the sort of movement away from that idea just just to free people to say, it doesn't necessarily have to be quiet just in the same way. I feel that marking up Bibles is also starting to be freer thing that we can interact with the word that Mm -hmm. the Lord wants us to own it in whatever way that we are. He, he himself created us to do. And so I just really enjoy seeing how, um, God shaping and freeing us in our generation to be able to interact with his word.
0: Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, so what about previous seasons, Jill? I know you've gotten into the thick of motherhood here for the last year and a half, two years. So it's been a little different than what you're used to.
1: Yeah. So things changed for me a lot when Titus was born. I really think God used motherhood in my life to make me more dependent on him. Mm -hmm. So I have been following Jesus, I really do think, since I was probably six years old, when I made that initial commitment to him. And I grew up in a very blessed Christian home. I went to a Christian school all throughout college. I have a Bible minor I um, have been committed to my churches that whole span of time. But I think what I was just sharing with my sort of disciplee today was I didn't really own it uh, fully, at least own the Word of God, until I became a mother. Mm. Because I really felt like, well, maybe there's. There was one other time when I felt really dependent on the Lord and scripture when I was a teenager, um, but it's been probably 10 years until that that point of my life, and God kind of recircled me around to, to dependence on him. I, When I quit my job to stay home with Titus, I think I went through somewhat of an identity crisis like many women do, and I struggled with some postpartum issues last fall, and I felt lonely, and I felt sad, and I feel like it was the Lord just kind of, you know, taking the me away from me, and it was so beautiful because at the same time, He was giving me Himself, and so I had to be home a lot with a sick kid uh, during that time, Mm -hmm. and for one reason or another, I... My extroverted self. <laughs> um, I just wasn't without the other people that I was sort of depending on to get the word, I realized I needed that for myself. And so when I sort of started praying, the the Lord gave me a couple different opportunities with other people to do that. One was a Bible study fellowship. And that is an international organization that meets weekly throughout the school year that just really digs into the word with other people. Um, so that opportunity came up to me in January of this year. And then I also had another opportunity to start meeting with a smaller group of women Um that I had just known around Dayton, that was another opportunity that was happening right around the same time that Dayton Women of the Word was kind of stirring in our hearts as well. So he was kind of doing that for me personally, as he was for Dayton Women of the Word as a whole. So it's kind of cool to see like the Lord took my growth and plugged it right into a ministry. He really didn't want me to stop at that point um but i realized that for me the lord really wanted me to own my own walk in his word before i interacted with people about it um because that's kind of where my where my identity in his word was centered on was really how it's coming from other people So, yeah, that's kind of where I sort of had my light bulb moment going through Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin with the girls this spring, really learning how to study the word for myself Mm. and not be dependent on other people for that. But it was interesting because that's how I found that book (laughs) was studying with (laughs) other women. Yeah so I kind of owned it from that point on. So Natalie, how about you? How is this season different for you than past seasons? Maybe before you were a mom, before, Mm -hmm. you know, um, or maybe there was a different moment or scripture that really kind of plugged you into his word.
0: Yeah. I would say this is it feels like my normal since it's been you know six plus years that I've been a mom and and sort of juggling um, time in the word with other responsibilities, but I you know I didn't grow up in a home where this quiet time was a thing, um, and so really I was um, saved in college. And I, I remember getting into the word then and reading and, and, um, think probably taking it more from a just content perspective, just trying to, to take in as much as I could and, um, you know, listening to other people. And really it was sort of a drinking from a fire hose kind of just taking in a lot of stuff, um, all at once. And, just, I think when I started out, when I first became a Christian, I didn't fully understand how I needed to rely on the Lord and what, how the word played into that. Because I think it was just sort of, okay, now I'm a Christian and I'm going to do all the things that good Christians do. And part of that is reading your Bible. And so I'm going to read my Bible, but it wasn't affecting me at a heart level. And then the Lord blew up, um, my marriage with, um, with my sin. And, um, I spent, uh, some very deep, dark moments with the Lord in that time and really found he was all that I, I had and all that I needed. And, and I really clung to the word at that time. I started, um, in with a group of women studying doctrine and the light bulbs just were going off over and over as I connected things that I had heard growing up as a kid with all these new things that I had learned about being a Christian and all of it was kind of converging and starting to make more sense to me and I was I was really I was really starting to get it um that's about when I met you. Yeah,
1: at that point yes. in your life.
0: Yes, it was, and and then and then I had a baby, and and we moved uh, across the country, and um, it's hard to remember what I did in those few couple of years <laughs> at all. Um, but I know that um, I was in the word, but in at a little bit of a different pace, certainly much slower, trying to find my footing as a mom, and then. Uh, I do remember some deep study down there though. And, um, uh, a woman, um, a sweet, wise old woman teaching her last year of, of Bible study after Mm -hmm. 40 years or something, um, really kind of, um, calling me up and, and speaking life into me and sharing a little bit of how she thought that God might use me in the future. And, um, and I really didn't know what she was talking about then, but I think I do now. <laughs> um, wow. And does she so, know like what's happening with your life right now? You know what? I emailed her when we started the Joshua study. Okay. And I said this little thing is happening, and she um, she prayed for me, and she she just affirmed. You know, I I saw this in you. Um, back then. And, um, and yeah, so I know that, that she is our, our cheerleader from afar. Um, but yeah, so I would say though, something from the word specifically that really just jumped out and changed me, um, is Proverbs. And if you have been around Dating Women the Word in person at all, you know, I've, I've shared, um, this before, that Proverbs chapters 2, 3, 4 um, were huge for me in understanding why the Word is so important. And I'm flipped open to this page in my journaling Bible, and there's this note at the bottom. It says, May 17th, 2015, I am starting to understand how vital and truly life-giving the Word is. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So um, so my notes... Is that, you said 2015 or 2016? 2015. Yeah. So last wow. last May. So, uh, chapter two is talking about how we find wisdom and it tells us we receive God's words, treasure up his commandments. Those are the first things he says that we need to do to find wisdom. And so that is really when I learned this is the place the Bible is the place to go all the time. That's the only place we can go to grow in wisdom and knowledge of the Lord. But then also, you know, what follows up is inclining our heart to him, calling out to him for insight, raising up our voice. And it says to seek and search for it. And then you will find it and understand. So all of these things happen and then you'll find it and understand. It doesn't just fall down from heaven to us. There is, we, we take part in, in the way that God reveals himself, we are active in that. And um, and then just the promises that God gives us in chapter 4 that wisdom's going to guard us and keep us and protect us, you know, that wisdom's a gift and a prize, and, and we should keep hold of it and not let it go. And that, you know, was stamped on my heart. Don't let this go. Keep mm-hmm. hold of this. This mm-hmm. is This is your life. So, yeah, so that was—that's my— it's my light bulb page for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about full seasons and dry seasons. Um, anything off the top of your head that was uh, either one of those for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. When I was thinking through this question, it occurred to me that my dry seasons were never when I wasn't consuming the word at all. Um, It was actually when I was in the Word, but being just that, just a consumer, and not really interacting with it, not really owning it, not really, I really believe I wasn't using it the way the Lord wanted us, intends us to use it every day. So (laughs) in my, my dry season really looked like going through the YouVersion app, and there's nothing against this app. I actually use it in a much different way now, but uh, for a couple years, I picked out various plans and would just fall through them on my own, and how it looked day-to-day, most of the time, it it would be the the read-through-the-Bible-in-a-year plan. Yeah. And I aspired to do that each year. I mean, I can't believe I can't. I'm embarrassed to say how many years I, I started this on January one, just like every other <laughs> Christian on the You're planet. You're not the only one. <laughs> just it it very much appeals to the part of my personality that I, God definitely wants to use for good, but Satan definitely wants to use for evil, yeah. and that's the the checking off of things. You know, I think. Um, I would read it and I would just do that, read it. And then it it literally would check off the passage of scripture that you would do each day. Mm. And um, my husband actually does that still every day. And it really works for him. Like he he reads it and understands it and is moved by it. And that was just not the case for me because I was just reading it. And sometimes I walked away, honestly, not knowing what I had read. I just got through it. And so that's kind of what my dry seasons looked like. And there was always a theme with it. And that was that I was alone, which sounds like it contradicts what I was stating earlier. Um, But what it looked like with me, depending on other people to study it was that I I would depend on my pastors Mm -hmm. to really study and reveal to me every Sunday, what the word was, um, through their perspective. And I think that's, that's healthy to some extent, but only if you are also studying it yourself. And I wasn't doing that. I was just I I think the very definition of lukewarm with my walk with the word. And I would say the opposite of that is I feel like a very full season, which is what I'm in with my life right now, you know, after the Lord kind of wanted to deplete me of even being able to go to church when my kid had ear infections, you know, (laughs) to just say, you need, you need to depend on this yourself, um, because, I wasn't. And so that's when he gave me, you know, he gave me a taste of it with Joshua, our first study. And then it's like he took that away. And then I realized how much I needed that. And so he gave me revelation through Bible (laughs) study fellowship. And he gave me Colossians with um, the other group of gals going through Women of the Word uh, by Jen Welkin. And that was this spring. And that just kind of wet my appetite for what it actually looks like when I interact with the word with other women. Yeah. It just was so different. So mm-hmm. that started my full season and, you know, we did Daniel this summer and, you know, now I'm doing something a little different with just one-on-one with, um, another girl because I felt like I couldn't really, um you know, commit to an organized Bible study in a group setting right now, just about to go into having our second baby. So it's continuing to change, but I I do think that studying the word, owning the word with other women who are also owning the word,
0: um, will define it a full season from now on. It's powerful when you're doing it together with other people who are just uh, as passionate as you are about the word, yeah. Um, and I will say, just you know, I feel like it's a, a triumph that you have said no to the big study and, and decided to do something small because mm-hmm. that is it's hard to mm-hmm. do, and it's mm-hmm. the it's the braver choice right now because you're deciding to put you know your family's needs ahead of your desire to to be in the word in a big scale with other women. And so I think that God's going to bless that choice and certainly um between the two of you as you study, I know you're going to see fruit there for sure.
1: Yeah, it's definitely more of a communing with the Lord because even though it scares me not to be in a group, I think it's definitely a sign that it's being led by him and yeah. I trust him that you know, even though it looks different than it has the past year, that it can still be good yeah. even in its
0: changes. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I think the fullest seasons, uh, are probably when I am teaching, uh, in one sense, because I'm really deep in there and I'm Digging for application, and I'm I'm really wanting to know what what was the saying to the original, you know, hearers of this word, and um, and that just will change your life. It can't not change your life. Um, I think that's really. <laughs> I wish people knew a little bit more about teaching. Is mm-hmm. how much the Lord really just works in you as you're preparing. Yes. Um, in, in heavy ways, sometimes. Um, but I will say there are some seasons that feel feel full because I'm not the teacher, and yeah. because uh, I get to, I get to think longer on things. I, I don't have as much of a timeline as far as when I need to be on to the next thing. And so I can linger in what God's teaching me a little bit more. Yeah. And sometimes I need that just to process a little bit longer. Um, then when I'm teaching because you're pushing forward to the next, um, the next class. And, and so, uh, I think dry for me is, was probably more characterized by the times where I tried to do what you were talking about, more of a systematic yeah. reading. Um, my husband too does, um, does a plan where he reads from four different spots every day. And I just can't even wrap my brain around that. How do I, how am I following for random? I mean, not random, but four different spots in the Bible every day. And then, and then only having like application or, or explanation for one of them, like yeah. that, that just doesn't drive with the way my brain works. So when I kind of let that go. That I don't have to do things that way, and just started reading into um, places where I felt the Lord calling me to focus and 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 taking part in bigger studies. I'd say like Life of Moses B.S.F. study was a big one for me. Just going through um, that really thick Old Testament stuff mm-hmm. that. And having someone else say this is important, and let mm. me tell you why, and how Leviticus applies to your life, like <laughs> now, like all the Leviticus jokes. I want to say, wait, you guys, Leviticus is useful. So it's helpful, guys. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah, I think dry times for me is when I try when I try to be systematic or fit it too much into a box, um, and full, you know, often does mean. Like I know I said I don't like four different places at once, but sometimes I am in more than one place, but I have reasons for that now. Like there's I'm, a purpose for right, that. Right, there's direction. a purpose. It's not just uh, you know, systematically four different places. It's I'm here and then I, I wanna know more, so I'm going back to another spot where I'm 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 going to a, a cross reference or an area where I know that there's gonna be some some connection. So yeah, I, w- I would say when I try too much to do it uh, by the book is when I tend to, to, I don't know, zone out. Yeah. And also, I would add to that, times with the when times are good. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when things are going well in life mm. are the easiest times to just pass on it and not open up the word. Um, and then, you know, that's the the quick road to self-sufficiency and then I'm, I'm in a mess uh, all over again and, and back to the word I go. And then there's grace for that certainly, but, but that, um, yeah, is, is a temptation when times are good not to, to open it up.
1: Yeah. I think that's, that would be a couple good conversations for later is just exploring, you know, women who are married, how your husband does things and you know how that impacts your study and, how different it is or, or similar for what it is for your life. Natalie and I's husbands are both engineers. They're good friends. <laughs>
0: yes. Similar <laughs> in many ways. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, when I didn't know Nick did that. And yeah. I think, you know, another conversation is definitely, you know, how the Lord makes you dependent on him and how that can be a beautiful result in his word. Mm-hmm. And for you and I I think motherhood played a role in that. But I don't think it. that's the journey for everyone, yeah. certainly. Yeah. So, yeah. I hope it encourages you, ladies, if you are in a place of um, feeling like you are down, that maybe the Lord is creating that dependence in you so that it will motivate you to figure out how your specific, you know, Personality and life season, you know, will push you to to have a closer relationship with with him. Yeah,
0: I would say too. W- the systematic reading thing is really that's just our personalities. Yeah. I think we don't jive with it well. Yeah, we know plenty of people who do really well with that, and it makes sense to them. So we're not we're not down on that at all. Just for us personally, um, it hasn't worked. The best. So, if you would love to read in four different spots in the Bible, the, the book my husband uses is, is For the Love of God, D.A. Carson, his series. So, um, if that sounds great to you, then then go awesome. for it. Go for it. <laughs> um, and just do you have anything else to say uh, dry season wise? Any encouragement for women? Yeah, I would say that if you
1: think you're in a dry season right now, And you're listening to this podcast that you're actually probably heading in the right direction, (laughs) that the Lord is drawing you back to himself and that just lean in where he's taking you. It will be a journey for sure, but I just want to encourage you that, um, you might not be as far off as what you think. I think if you weren't looking up this podcast at all, then, um, and had no interest in, you know, what's next in the word, then you would be in a scarier place. So, uh, yeah, that's my encouragement for you. If you think you're, you're in a dry season, um, the Holy spirit is, is at work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is where I want to start just reading scripture over you for 20 minutes, but I will afraid <laughs> <laughs> for that. Um, but Proverbs two chapters two, three, and four go there right now um, if you want to. But I would say um, just start. I know it's hard, but just cracking it open. Just start. Um, Jill actually just wrote a great blog post about what to do when you're in between studies. And I think it would apply to dry seasons too, when you just haven't opened it up in a while and you don't know where to start and you've started in Genesis before and that hasn't worked. And um, you know, you've read through the gospels and you're just, where do, where do I go? She's, she's got a great post up there. Um, you can go to date slash blog and find it there. It's called, what's it called? So you just, you just finished, finished a Bible
1: yeah. study. Now what? Now but what? it really applies if you, if you didn't, and you're just really
0: looking for what's next. Yeah. You know, read it. Yeah. I think just starting, even if it feels uh, like a chore at first, that may be and that's okay and you can pray earnestly that the lord will change your heart and and the word itself says that it has the power to change hearts and that it is our very life so um even if you don't feel it you can believe that and you can get started and then allow the spirit to work and see what happens um just trusting the Lord that, that the book does what it says that it does. Um, so I think the last thing we just wanted to hit, uh, before we end is what's one thing God's teaching you in his word right now that you want to share with the people listening. And that could be from, you know, even what you read today or, or a little further back in the recent past, but what's God been teaching you, Jill?
1: Yeah, so there's kind of what God's been teaching me in general. And then the, there's what he taught me specifically today. <laughs> and I think um, in general, you've heard me say that he's teaching me how to own his word as my own. Um, and this is kind of encouragement for those who are in dry seasons as well to pick up um, the resource I've mentioned like three times now. But uh, Jen Wilkins, Women in the Word, because it kind of teaches you how to go about studying the Word. And that was the first time I really understood it um, and owned it. Um, And he's also teaching me not to study the Word alone, uh, but to study it deeply with other women. And then what he taught me right now this morning through my studies is um, that God is the same God throughout the whole Bible. And he's taught me that before, but... um, I think especially once you start studying and and sort of start peeling back the fear of studying the Old Testament, there's really a beauty in it because you can start to see how it aligns so, Mm -hmm. so incredibly with everything Jesus came to say and do and, um, you know, echoed by the apostles too. Um, so, So how I learned that again this morning is... Through Jeremiah 9, um, 26, and it's just that God is focused on the heart and it's totally a passage about circumcision. So you're welcome. <laughs> it talks about, um, how even in the midst of the Levitical law, you know, we were just talking about mm-hmm. God is really concerned about what they coined the term as circumcision of the heart. Yes. And that's consistent. you know, when Paul talks about that again in Romans and four and two, and again in Colossians 2, um, it just basically says that God is always always looking at what's happening inside of our hearts and out of, out of the outpouring of our hearts, then our outside will change along with that. Mm -hmm. It's always secondary to that. So, you know, I guess that, that is encouraging for me in this season because sometimes, uh, the outside is slow. Um, to catch up with what the inside is doing (laughs) as a mom right now, like I want, um, I, my outside is not always the prettiest and like I'm waddling right now and (laughs) I have weird varicose veins and like, I just feel sort of the sense of like decay of my body. (laughs) Um, but God is, she's,
0: she's explaining herself is much more <laughs> decrepit than she actually is. She's a Do you imagine me with cute little waddler? Uh, oh my goodness. So, but Heaven's anyway,
1: just to encourage you, um, that there's so much, so much beauty when we're so concerned about what God is doing in our hearts. And then, um, and then the outside will be radiant <laughs> as well. And yeah. um and that was consistent in in Jeremiah. It was consistent in uh Leviticus, it was consistent in Romans and Colossians, and it's consistent here at my dining room table to um two mamas doing this
0: yeah. podcast. It's mm. good stuff. I uh, have been back in Genesis as uh, as we closed up Daniel. I made a little list of the books I felt like I hadn't really spent much time in, and fun—it's funny. Um, Genesis seems like a book that I uh, should have read a long time ago, but um, you know, there's more than <laughs> the first five or six <laughs> chapters in Genesis. <laughs> So, uh, today I spent a lot of time, um, reading about Abraham and this little, um, story about Abraham and uh, Abimelech in Genesis 20 stood out to me. Abraham keeps doing this thing where, uh, him and Sarah go someplace and he tells Sarah to say that she's a sister and so that they don't, um, yeah I have issues story. with 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 them um wanting to take her um since they were married and and so um so we've seen this before and it comes up again and and so god comes to this uh, abimelech in a dream and 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 shows him that they are married and not brother and sister and and at this time, he had not approached her, but, um, it would have been his next move to say, like, be my wife, come and and live with me in my castle. Right. Um, maybe not castle. I don't know. (laughs) Tent. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, this was so, um, interesting to me, um, just the way that the Lord, um, talked about himself. And so Abimelech is saying, like, are you going to, are you going to kill me? I'm, I'm innocent. You know, she, she said that they were brother and sister and, um, you know, I have integrity in my heart and I, I'm innocent. God says, I know that you've done this in the integrity of your heart and it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now then return the man's wife for he is a prophet so that he will pray for you and you shall live. And it just really struck me. He says, "It was I who kept you from sinning against me." That is our powerful God who can keep us from sinning even though we feel the that sin's power is so strong. His power is greater. And and if there is a way he does not want us to go, he will protect us and he'll keep us from from doing it. Um, and and you know, they, this, this guy didn't have the Holy spirit. We do. And, and so how much more power do we have? And, and so the story goes on and, um, and you know, they talk it out uh, uh, and it comes out that they're, their husband and wife and, and they kind of come to, uh, uh, compromise and, and chapter, chapter 20, verse 17 says, then Abraham prayed to God And God healed Abimelech and also healed his wife and female slaves so that they bore children. For the Lord had closed all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. So this is amazing, right? In so many ways, because because of Sarah, he had closed all their wombs. And because of Abraham's prayer, God opens them all up again. God controls all wombs. God controls all life. I thought that was so powerful just... To hear like whoop he had just closed up the wombs of all of those ladies yeah and can just whoop, open them back up and like how encouraging that is to mm. to anyone who um, is struggling with wondering what God is doing mm. in their lives especially when it comes to kids and um,
1: so many in my life right now in that season
0: yeah and just the power of prayer I just I just it was it was just a striking story to me i hadn't really um i don't remember reading before and um i just a, a good reminder that that you know all the, one of the most uncertain times of life you know pregnancy god is is totally controlling all yeah. of that you know he Every part of it yeah yeah all of life is in his hands and we know that but this is like a very clear picture. No one, there can be no life without God's Mm. approval or without God, you know, keeping our wombs open. Yeah. (laughs) So, and then of course, you know, Abraham and Sarah having, having babies at their old age too is another example of that. But Yeah. That's just what God was impressing on me today. He's, he's in control and he, um, even the things that feel like he will, could never reverse, he can reverse in an instant, you know? And that's, that's a beautiful hope for us. Yeah. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. It's really great.
1: Is there anything else you want to encourage the ladies with?
0: I don't know if you made it to the end of this podcast. Thanks. Way to go. Thanks for listening to our Cheers first to little you. conversation. And yeah, just I just want to say we're excited about what God might do in this new format. And we just are excited to be along for the ride of what he's doing and that he yeah. just... And we're going to be taught just as you guys are. We're
1: very excited to hear from the ladies we are interviewing. Yeah. And get a peek into their walk. And I think as soon as we get to the point where we can really teach each other from what God is teaching us, that's really how God created discipleship to be. And it's a really beautiful thing. And it keeps you away from those dry seasons because when you read the word and you're like, I don't really know what God's telling me here. Yeah. And then you walk in and some other lady read the same passage and it's like God just gave her a word, you know, mm-hmm. and it's really working in her life. And you get to experience that. You know what? That word was for you too. It wasn't just for her. Yeah. And that is just as much, you know, what, what God's doing um, in both of your lives. And... That's what we're really wanting to to happen over this podcast and really over everything that, that goes on with Dane Women of the Word. And I just want to read our our missional verse for that. Do it. It's uh, Colossians 3, 16, which states, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Thank you God. <laughs> We're so thankful.
0: Yeah, I that just that is a reminder that it's not just for us. The word is not just something for us to take in um and not to breathe back out again. So, um wherever whatever that is for you, maybe it's your kids, your husband, your co-workers, your friends, your neighbors, um whoever God has you um in your sphere of influence, just know that just the word is so powerful that as you're reading it, as you're storing it up in your heart, it's just going to overflow out of your mouth and sometimes probably surprise you when it comes out. (laughs) But that is part of the way the Lord works. And, um, just know that, um, you can just crack open that book. You, you don't have to be anything. You don't have to be ready. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be in a quiet chair at six in the morning with a cup of coffee worked out beforehand. You don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so just, we just want to encourage you whatever it looks like for you. Um, we want you to be in there with us, you know, um, we're not in the same room together, but, but we pray for you often. We just did before we started this podcast and, um, We hope that this is a way that God uses in your life to encourage you with his word. So looking forward to actually talking to uh, some of our our dear friends and other ladies of Dayton who love Jesus. And we can't wait to share them with you. So we will see you next time. Yeah, let us know if this encouraged you. Let us know what God's teaching you right now.
1: And, you know, share it with somebody who needs to hear it as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Bye, friends. Bye. Love ya.